The only thing that really matters is the actions that you take. At the end of the day, it all comes down to the actions you take. That's right. And if you take the right actions, guess what? You're going to get the right results. But to take the right actions, there's either two ways you're going to do it. You're either going to learn from somebody else or you're going to make the mistakes enough to learn on your own. Welcome to the Closers Network Podcast, where we show you what's possible when you make a decision to join the remote sales revolution. This podcast is for you if you are currently trying to break into a lucrative remote closing opportunity, or if you want the resources to massively increase your monthly commissions. The e-learning space is an estimated $400 billion, and there are more than 250 million creators online and growing every day. We believe those who get into remote sales now will be massively rewarded in the future. If you're ready to explode your remote sales career and land better opportunities, join us for free at theclosersnetwork.com. Sit back and enjoy. When you were in the lows, you know, I think you threw a couple things out there, but is there anything particular you did to to maybe deal with those ups and downs? You mentioned you got maybe a relationship closer with God, right? Um, was there anything else that really helped you out when you were at the lowest of the low? Yeah. Um, at the lowest of the low, what helped me was a couple things. Again, I'm going to refer back to my wife because she was the she was kind of the rock at that point. Um and I, you know, it's kind of feels funny to say that because as the man, you want to feel like you're the rock. But as you know, Mike, I mean, for any guy listening out there that has kids, has a family, there's a lot of pressure on you, right? Like it's not easy, especially when you're trying to build a family, you're trying to make money, you're trying to support a family. Oh, yeah. My wife didn't work, right? Because we had made a we had made a pact that she was going to stay home and take care of the kids. I was going to work and take care of the family, right? And so... I mean, I'll always say this, but look, there's, there's a lot of different types of pressure, but to me, there's nothing like financial pressure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? hundred percent. Because it's such a primal thing. Like you need it to survive, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like it's, it's at the core of everything that is life without money. What are you going to do, bro? Like everything costs money. And so with that being said, at the lowest low was my, my wife, she was the rock. And that's kind of one point of it. Obviously God, I mean, that was the second rock that I just, you know, I'm a man of faith and I know that God has a plan for my life. And, you know, I leaned on that heavy and I never got closer to God than when I was at my lows. Right. Because when you're, when you're on your highs, sometimes you want to forget about God, right? It's like, well, things are good now. Right. Mm -hmm. But at your lows, I mean, man, that was a, that was a big rock in my life. And then the third piece was also just the worst case scenario. I was always playing out the worst case scenario. And I said, Hey, look, Rich, at the end of the day, What's, what's the worst, that what's the worst that's going to happen, right? That brought me some peace because like we could just move in with Haley's family. Yeah. Like that's the worst. Yeah. And we can rebuild from there. So that brought me some comfort, you know? And then just besides that, man, you have to just learn how to deal with your emotions. Anxiety and fear are emotions. We all experience them. But the cool thing is, is that if you develop the skill set, like I, I think it's just a skill set. Like Alex Ramosi says, right? Everything can kind of be acquired through a skill set. And one of the skill sets that's really helped me um, as you're kind of building a, a business or going into the unknown or doing things that make you uncomfortable is understanding how to deal with the fear and anxiety. Cause it's going to come up, mm -hmm. right? Like that you can't escape those emotions, but if you know how to deal with them, then you have that skill set. And now anything you go doing, like going forward, if you feel the anxiety, if you feel the fear, you know how to like eradicate manage, it yeah. and manage yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like manage it. Right. And so that really helped me. Yeah, for sure. That's powerful. 
Man, one, one question I, I got to ask, I really want to know this, right? We've gone on to now do over $100 million in sales for different influencers in the space. One thing that I find fascinating, right? It's one thing to be able to talk about your story and go through the trials and tribulations while having the four kids, while having no money and building this thing up and maybe starting to make some decent money. But I feel like it's a whole nother thing to scale a company with over 200 people, have so many different influencers you sell for, and still at the same time, not have to sacrifice time with your family and your kids. Every time I talk to you, right, you got the kids in the background, you're with the wife. Like you're, you found this way to integrate what you do while scaling a massive company. I, I tend to like get distracted if I have my, my, my son around or, you know, maybe my wife around or people around me. Like I, I have a hard time doing that. Yeah. How do you focus? Right. How are you able to do that? Is it just another skill set that you were able to develop? Um, is it just something that like took time? Like, like I want, I'm trying to process, like, how do you, and, and not only just like have your kids and your wife, how do you be an incredible husband that you are? And how do you be an incredible father like you are while being able to scale a company at this size without having to sacrifice time away with your family? How do you do that? That's what I want to know. Yeah. It, it's funny you, you bring that up. Uh, because a, I'll tell you this, right? Like I'm always in my head, right? Even to this day, I'm always in my head. I'm always thinking about the future. I'm always thinking about what's next. If you're going to go into entrepreneurship, it's to me, it's part of the game, right? Like that's the nice thing about being an employee, right? You clock in, you clock out. You don't think about it when you're at the house. You just, Hey, I'll be there tomorrow. Right. When you're an entrepreneur, you don't really get that, that, that satisfaction. Mm -hmm. When you're a salesperson, you really don't get that satisfaction because I look at sales as like, you're kind of an entrepreneur, right? You, you eat what you kill. And when every time you eat what you kill, to me, that's an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so I'll, I'll preface it with that. I'm always still to this day in my head, being present is still very hard for me. But what I'll tell you is this, in terms of the scaling, the business and having the time and all that stuff is when I when I built, when I started the business, my end goal was always freedom, mm -hmm. right? I, I never built a business with the end goal of, I want to be a billionaire, right? I hear a lot of people say, I want to be a billionaire or I want to, you know, uh, uh, make millions and millions of dollars. I want to do X, right? That was never my goal. Mm -hmm. My goal was always freedom. Mm -hmm. And that was my number one goal from the time I started looking at online business. Why did I want to build an online business? Because I wanted freedom, right? That was the only goal. And so as we started building one call closers, I knew that I had to keep that goal in the center of my head, because if not, you're going to lose track of why you're doing everything for mm -hmm. right? And, and it's easy to do. It's easy to lose track of why you're doing what you're doing. You know, you have so many demands, so many pressures. It's like, Rich, go this direction, go this direction, start scaling this, start this product line, do this. But you got to ask yourself, wait, why am I doing this? And the goal was I had kids. I have a family. I want to be able to spend time with my kids, my family. And so I knew early on in order to make that happen, it was going to require people, right? Mm -hmm. It was going to require good people that believed in what we were doing. So that way they can manage aspects of the business to take that off of my plate. Right. right. Another word for that, Mike, is leadership. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why uh, a guy that I've really studied my uh, uh, ever since I got into personal development, which was around 2016, his name is John Maxwell. John Maxwell. Yep. And he said he has the law of the lid. 
He says that nothing can grow beyond the leadership of that organization, right? He says leadership is always the problem. Leadership is always the solution. And so what I have found, you know, we, I've been very lucky with one called closures because we found good people along the way, right? You know, Antonio, super badass with a lot of systems and stuff that inside the organization. We have you, Mike, we have uh, Trish, we have Ian, we have my sisters, Marcy and Marisa, we have the closers. We, I mean, along the way, we've had great people. Mm -hmm. And I knew early on in order to do what I wanted to accomplish is I was going to have to get really good at delegating, Mm -hmm. really good at not having this notion of saying, Oh, I'm the only one that can get stuff done. Right. If it's going to get done, it's got to be through me. If things are going to get done right, it's got to be through me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I hear these all the time with people, right? Mm -hmm. Like these, to me, there's kind of stupid sayings. It's like, what do you mean? If things are going to get done, it has to be you. Like (laughs) you're never going to have time if that's your mentality. Right. Right. And I knew this. So I knew that I had to start developing leadership. I knew that I had to start letting go of control. And to this day, Again, I always assume that I don't know the answer, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's so many more people in this organization that have better answers than me. And that's okay. Right. I, to me, it's like my job as I, if you want to call it the CEO position is to empower people to do what they do best and to let them control that piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So look, you make the decision, right? You, you, you carry on with the, with the plan you developed, you know, what we're going to do next. Because what I have found is that if, uh, if you can delegate to somebody and they create the plan, they're going to take ownership of the plan. Right. If I tell them the plan, more than likely, they're not going to take ownership of it. Right. Cause they're be like, well, that's Rich's plan. I would do things a little bit differently. It's like, okay, well then you let's do your plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I, I would rather you have take ownership of a plan that's inferior, inferior to mine simply because I know you're going to work harder at it mm-hmm. because it's your idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's always been my mentality. I try to keep that goal at the center of everything I do freedom first, because at the end of the day, if you don't have freedom, at least for me, nothing else would, would be worth it. So it's like, yeah. that, that was always the, center goal. That's powerful, man. Cause I know so many people were, you know, they're, they don't time block that time off with their family. Right. And they're mixing the work into it, you know, whether it's after hours or whatnot. And it's just beautiful to see how you've been able to delegate, like you mentioned, and, and have the right people in the right seats, helping you out with this thing. It's, it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, I mean, we've scaled the company like fast, right? Like it's uncommon for most companies to be able to scale at the pace that we have and the amount of time, right. In just the last few years, what you mentioned a lot of skill set skill sets you developed along the way. Um, how much of that do you also feel like have uh, has helped you progress in developing your skill sets by being able to invest like in masterminds and coaching programs yourself? Because like we sell a lot of coaching oh, yeah. programs and masterminds, right? Because we believe in it. But you also believe in it because you heavily, if I'm not mistaken, right, have invested in yourself in, in building different skill sets. So how have you feel like that has helped you accelerate the time to help scale this? Oh, man, that's a great question. I think that's a, a big part of it. A big part. The first time. So in the in the business, um, first off, I'll say this. There's so many people like because this, you know, we're, we're all about closing sales. There's so many salespeople right now that are selling programs, right? Selling coaching programs that have never invested into a program themselves. Mm. And what I would encourage you to do, if, if you're selling something right now that is advising somebody on to invest into themselves and you haven't invested into yourself, 
you're out of alignment. Like your congruency is just not there, right? Your conviction meter is never going to be there because you're telling somebody to do something that you've never done. And you can't do that with conviction, right? So A, if you haven't invested in yourself, go do that before you try to get others to do it. And then B, what I'll tell you is like, man, that changed the game for me. The first time I made money in One Call Closers, which was in 2020, the first time I had actually $100,000 in my bank account, I spent half of it for coaching, which was Bedros. That's right. It was a $50,000 coaching program. But look, it was $50,000, but I knew that I needed I needed some help. I needed some coaching, right? Like, I don't know. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, right? I, I feel like... You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, nobody knows, right? Yeah. You don't know unless you've been there, done that. And if you're trying to get there, that means you've never been there, right? <laughs> it, make, right. it makes sense. Yeah. So you need to find somebody that knows what to do because I didn't know what to do. And so I, I invested in Bedros's coaching. That was 50,000 there. Then I got some more money in my account, probably, you know, whatever that was. Then I invested in Dan Locke's coaching program. Mm-hmm. That was another $35,000. And then I re-upped with Bedros again, which was another $50,000. And then I went into the Learn Mastermind. I mean, I've probably spent since starting One Call Closers, um, I think I tallied about around $275,000 Wow. On just wow. mentorship and coaching. Wow. But I'll tell you this. Over a quarter million dollars, guys. Just so to put that in perspective, okay? Over a, a quarter million. But dude, look, it's always worth it. Mm-hmm. It's always, always worth it. If nothing else, if not, this is how I looked at it. I was like, look, if I don't get anything from the mentorship, but just their phone number, like a personal contact, right? right. Where I can just reach out to them and develop a relationship that was worth it to me mm-hmm. because I knew that relationships can take you places. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that was just my mentality. Obviously, if you don't have that mentality, you're not going to think it's worth it. Right. Because you're going to be like, wow, that's going to be stupid. What if I don't get the coaching I need? What if I don't get this? But that little shift in perspective was like, no, no, I just need to get a phone number. If I just get that one phone number, it's all worth it for me. Do you think most people have subconsciously in the back of their mind, they're, they're scared that they're not going to end up showing up and actually doing the work? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's a majority of everything though. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's why I think, you know, look, they say personal development is underrated or overrated, but to me, it's still underrated. Right. To me, right. it's like, if you go back to the core of everything, that's where it all begins. It's like, do you really think you're even worth success? Mm-hmm. You know, do you even think you can do what you say you want to do? Right. You want to go and be this, you know, multiple six figure uh, a sales guy. Well, do you even believe you can be that? Yeah. And, and, and the reality is I think most like to your point, Mike, most success is just all hindered from that statement. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just scared of going all in. You're scared of success. You're scared of what you're going to have to sacrifice to do the things you want to do. Right. And so if you can get past that, you can really unlock another level in yourself because at the end of the day, like most guys will tell you, you know, the, 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 um, David Goggins, the Joe Rogans, it's the, the, the game, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe, the game is not against these, these people that we imagine, you know, like your mom, your, the game is versus yourself, right? You versus it's you, you versus you. It's always you versus you. And we have so much garbage in our head all the time mm-hmm. of why we can't do it and why we need to wait and why it's not the perfect time and why I can't start now and why I can't leave my job and why it's like, dude, you just, it's all nonsense. Right. Yeah. The only thing that really matters is the actions that you take. At the end of the day, it's all comes down to the actions you take. That's right. And if you take the right actions, guess what? You're going to get the right results. But to take the right actions, there's either two ways you're going to do it. You're either going to learn from somebody else or you're going to make the mistakes enough 
to learn on your own. And which one do you, would you rather do? That's right. I mean, that's how I look at it. You know, that's right. So um, people want to know what are some practical, uh, practical steps someone can take to increase their closing ratio? Practical steps somebody can take. Well, I would say this, number one, um, if you don't have somebody right now, like this is the probably the, one of the most practical steps is get somebody to review your sales call, a third party person to look at what you're doing on the call that knows what they're doing and study your call. Mm-hmm. That is a very practical step that will make a very big difference in your closing ratio. Because to your point, Mike, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You're taking these sales calls and you think that this conversation is decent or you don't know. How do you right. gauge your meter? Right. You're like, I don't know what a great conversation looks like. Find somebody that does, get them to review your call, three call reviews, and you'll be a completely new closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's that it's that simple. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would be number one. If you don't want to do that, maybe you don't want to spend money or whatever, um, which if you don't want to spend money to get better in this game, then you're kind of playing the game. You're not really in the game, right? Ooh. So Damn. I would say spend the money. But if you want to just figure it out on your own, then look, what are you going to, you can go to books. You can do more rep, reps and sets, right? Take more phone calls. Yeah. But again, that's the long way. Just find somebody to review your sales calls. Yeah. Same example for me, right? It's like in fitness, right? I've always struggled with weight on and off, lost 60 pounds a couple times, right? It's not like I didn't have the information. I knew what I needed to eat and I knew what the workouts needed to be, but yeah. I really liked the accountability, right? Yeah. But every time I hired a coach, it's kind of like, dude, I got results faster, better, significantly faster, better, right? Than I would on my own. 100%. And so it holds you accountable. It gives you more insight and information, but it's like, it really just gets you to get to the result from point A to point B a lot faster. 100%. Yeah. Ego, yeah. ego, right? Like, yeah. I don't know what about you. I feel like it's just an ego thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I can do like who are you trying to impress by saying mm. I can do it on my own? Yeah. It's like, dude, you look at any great person in the history of any greatness. They all had freaking coaches. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what do you, who do you think you are to think like you're just going to be great <laughs> on your own? Yeah. You're just, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I get it because our ego wants to tell us that yeah. like we're good enough. Yeah. I can do it. But it's a lack of humility. It's a lack of humility, man. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I get, I will just pay the money. Right. <laughs> Here you go, man. Like, just take the money and get me the result a little bit quicker. Yeah. And every time I have done that, I'm not joking with you, Mike. Every time I've done that, I've gotten ahead a lot faster. Yep. And so to me, it's like, that's the game. I've seen it. Yeah. I knew you before all of this, right? Like you mentioned, we got started together back then. And it's like, dude, I knew you when you did, when you had the $1,500 in your bank account. That's right. To now where we're at, it's like, I saw the whole thing take place. And it's just, I think it's a lot of it is because you made the investment in yourself and you put yourself in a position to take massive action, but you've, you've got the right people yeah. to help you figure it out yeah. and you showed up and you got it done, man. That's and, right. and I think there's something to be said about that That's right. because you know, it, it's, it's not by accident. I think you ended up where you ended up, you know? So I think it's, it's amazing. Um, some of the people would love to know, what do you, what do you most love about sales? Well, I got a quote, um, that says this, and this is kind of the basis of one call closers and kind of what everything's built off of, but it goes uh, to the effect of that. Nothing good in life happens until a sale is made. Mm. And so what I see sales as if I were to put a definition behind it is sales to me just equals a decision, right? Because what a decision does for somebody 
is it gives them the opportunity to change. Mm. And you cannot change without making a decision. 100%. And so that's why, not, like, say your, your question. What do you love time. most about sales? Love, that's what I love most about sales, yeah. man. It's like you're giving somebody the opportunity to literally make a new decision for their life that is going to change their life. Decision equals change, mm -hmm. right? And how many people out there are looking to change their life? There's so many people right now, Mike, that are just one decision away from changing their life forever, but they take years and years and years to just make one freaking decision, right? And then they're curious why they live in anxiety and fear. It's because you just, you don't make the decision you already know you need to make, right? you know? And it's like a closer, that's what they're so good at. The closer just gets somebody to make a decision. They have a conversation. They're just like, hey man, look, what do you look, what do you want out of life? You know, like, yeah. can you answer that question? What do you want out of life? What, what do you want right now that you don't have? And most people, Mike, was, what's is crazy is if I were to ask a random person on the street, hey man, what do you want right now? What do you want? They, they wouldn't even be able to answer it. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, what do you mean? Well, what do you want? What do you, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, well, they'd have to think about it. They'd have to, you know, and that's why people have so hard time making a decision. That's what a closer does. They get people to really figure out what the hell they want. Right. You know, because how easy it might, how easy is it, Mike, to make a decision when you know what you want? Look, I want water. What do I do? I freaking grab the water bottle and I drink it, mm -hmm. right? Because I want water. So what do you want? That's right. You can make an easy decision once you know that, but that's what a closer does. They get the prospect to get clarity on what they want. And then number two, they get prospect clear on why they want it. Why do I want the water? Because I'm thirsty, right? I drink it. Right. And so those are the two questions I always think that make decisions really easy. What do you want? What do you truly want? And why do you want it? And if you know those two things, a closer can get anybody to make a decision because it's like, oh, okay, you said this is exactly what you want. This is why you want it. And then I just show you how to get it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so if I can show you how to get it, the prospect already said they want it and why they want it. It makes it easy for the prospect to make a decision. Yep. And so at least that's how I look at it from, you know. I hope you're taking notes, folks. I hope you're taking notes over there. Hey, I want to take a quick break and introduce you to the Closers Network. If you're not inside the Closers Network yet, you should join us. It's completely free. And five days a week, we're going to go live with hands-on sales coaching. So you can join our coaches live, get feedback to your most pressing questions, increase your monthly commissions, and also land better remote closing opportunities. We have everything you need inside the Closers Network to skyrocket your income. And it's completely free. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to join the 4,500 plus students that are inside right now, smashing deals, come mastermind with us. And all you got to do is just click the link down below. It's in the description for you and we can't wait to see inside um rich what's your definition of success is it some of the freedom you mentioned if you'd like to add on to that or do you have maybe a different definition you see success as you know i think success is really individual for for almost everybody um but my definition of success as maybe cl cliche cliche as it might sound is just doing what i want when i want mm-hmm you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and look, that encompasses a lot of things because you can't do what you want when you want, if you don't have health. Right. Right. Cause also you're going to be on a bed. You're going to be, you know, not walking right. You're going to not feel good. And, and look, I might even boil it down to this. Mike is just feeling good during a, like a day. Right. Like, look, when I wake up, what does everybody want to do? They just want to feel good. It's a great point. That's a great point. Just feel good. Yeah. Hey, how's your day going? 
It's a great day, man. Look, yeah. I feel good about myself. I feel good about my body. I feel good about my relationships. I feel good about my bank account. Dude, if I can just wake up and just feel good every day, I think that's pretty successful, right? Yeah. Only good days and great days. Only good days and great <laughs> that's days. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. I know you mentioned a book earlier. Any other books that you might recommend to the crowd, whether it's someone who's looking to get into the space, right? Or it's someone existing that wants the edge. Are there any like one or two books that come to mind that have had a major impact for you that maybe you can recommend to the audience, our listeners here? Yeah, there's a lot of books, man. I've read a lot of books. Well, what I'll tell you, a couple of books that have, have had profound impacts on me. So one was called The Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. I've talked about this a lot. The reason why it had such a big impact on me is because I had a lot of money issues growing up. Mm -hmm. We were a middle-class family and I, you know, we, we had the total middle-class mentality of you got to save every dollar. You don't, you know, you got to work hard for your money. Yeah, a, a pen, a, what is it? A, a penny saved is a penny earned. Mm -hmm. uh, money doesn't grow on trees. Like a lot of these statements I heard growing up and my dad, you know, God bless his heart. He was like the guy that would go to Denny's and get like the specials. Everything was like, what is the special of the day? How do we spend the least amount of money on this? How do we So I had bad beliefs, man. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard for me. Like that was one of the reasons too, why I had a lot of panic attacks uh, as I started making more money is because I had all these, I used to think I was evil. Like money's bad. Like I shouldn't have this money. Right. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be successful. Like I have too much money, right? Like you start, it's weird how you play these little games in your head. And so a big book. It wasn't aligned with like the identity you grew up with. Yeah, it wasn't aligned with the identity. Yeah. yeah. And in this book, what it does is it talks about how all of your money beliefs subconsciously are, are formed as a child. Mm -hmm. And it makes you think about all the things that you heard as a child. And what does your mom believe about money? What does your dad believe about money? What does your family believe about money? And then you start realizing really, really quick. Oh, wait. I think just like they think. Yeah. yeah. And so I had to shift that, man. I had to get rid of all that garbage, right? And just look at life as abundant the way life is, man. Like now I was, I was looking at through scarcity. Mm -hmm. And when you look at life through scarcity, all you see is lack. Mm -hmm. All you do is just you're worried all the time. You're nervous. You're always, you're always scared, right? But that book got me to look at life as abundant. Like there's no shortage of money. There's no shortage of abundance. Everything you, you want in life is out there. It's all there, right? And so like looking at it through that lens, man, game changer. I was able to ask for higher prices on the phone. I was able to close more people because I wasn't worried about taking in more money. I was, I was just, it was a whole nother me by getting rid of those money beliefs. So that was one. And then, I mean, sales books, there's, there's so many great sales books. Um, I would say the one that's probably had the biggest impact on me was a guy named Jordan Balfort. He wrote a book called The Wolf of the Wolf of Wall Street? Was that what, what was it called? That was um, a movie. No, that was a movie. What's the book? The Wolf's called? Den? No. Um, um, you know the book I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Jordan Belfort's book. We'll just, yeah, Way, yeah. Way of the Wolf. Way of the Wolf. Way yeah, of the yeah, Wolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in that book, what he talked about that revolution re revolutionized my sales was tonality. Tonality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he talked about the concept that, you know, like as we're communicating right now, only like 7% of our communication is words. So when you look at that, Mike, like when you actually internalize that statement, that only 7% of human communication is words. How can you tell me words are that important? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, body language, tonality, make up for the other 93% Crazy. of communication. Crazy. So if you're going to focus your attention on anything, 
I say, put your attention on that. Right. Right. If you're selling in person, it's body language. How do you present yourself? How do you move? Like, what does that look like? What's your tonality look like? And then if you're just selling over the phone and no, no body language is shown, it's like, man, that's a hundred percent tonality almost. Yeah. And so that book got me really to dial in those tonalities, being really aware of my tonality and being aware of the prospect's tonality, Mm -hmm. because you can tell really quick, right? Mike, you walk into a room just by the tone of somebody's voice. What do you know already? You know what type of mood, mood they're, they're in, in yep. what what headspace they're in, what the vibe they're putting out oh, is. Yeah. You, you you can tell a lot by just hearing a tone. 100%. And it's no different when you're on the phone, right? Yeah. The prospect's not gauging your words. They're gauging exactly how you're saying that stuff, yeah. right? Does he believe what he's, does he, does he believe what he's saying? The only way they're going to know that is by your tonality, yeah. right? And so, um, and then this is something I had to learn just for the, the, the audience, mm-hmm. like, you know, in that book, Jordan Balfort talks about a buying threshold, right? That all buyers have a buying threshold. And I never really understood what that meant. I'm like, what the, what the hell is a buying threshold? Like, it sounds cool, but he didn't really explain what that means. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, how do you know what a buying threshold is? I've come to realize that a buying threshold is, no, is nothing different than just a certainty threshold. Mm. Everybody, you and I included, have a certain level of certainty that we need before we'll make a decision, right? And so me, Mike, maybe you, I have a very low buying threshold. So for me, if it's higher than a coin flip, I'm probably going to make the decision, right? Mm-hmm. If I feel 60% certain that this is going to help me, I'll just buy it, yeah. right? Because that's just yeah. who I am. Yep. But not everybody's like that, right? You might get somebody that says, I need to be 90% certain that this is going to work before I'll make a decision, right? right? And by the way, it, it, the higher that threshold goes up, there's a big correlation between how high your buying threshold is and how successful you're going to be. Damn. Especially if you get into sales and entrepreneurship, because you're going to have to live in uncertainty. You yeah. live in that space. Yeah. Some people can't do that. Right. Right. That's why you get a buyer that you just, you can't close them until they have every piece of information. Right. Because they're the type of person that just needs super high certainty. Engineers. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And so you got to figure that out on the phone, man. Yeah. What is this person's level of certainty? And you'll know just by talking to them, get a good feel for what, you know, what they're looking for. What have they done in the past? Yep. How did they make decisions in the past? And then yep. you just got to hit that level of certainty in their threshold. And then you can, you know, close a deal. Literally. But it. That, that's certainty. It. The certainty. Yeah. The certainty threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's so crazy because I was talking to Christian and um, he was telling us a story on the podcast about the time that he sold a guy right here in this very office space. Right. Um, where he, I guess, went into the close 12 or 15 times. And even there, to yeah. the point where you were like, dude, Chubbs, like, let's just wrap it up, man. Let's go have some lunch. I told him that. I and told he him was that. just telling you like, no, 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 Rich, you don't understand. I'm going to close this. It was crazy. And at the end of the call, after going in 12 or 15 times, he ends up closing it, right? The guy just says, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. But I the guy that. comes back to tell him, dude, the only reason I did it is because of how certain you were about how, what this is going to do for me. Bro. And so he's like, that's what I needed to buy. That's I was there, Mike. I was in the room, man. Yeah. And it's so true. That's what the guy said. Yeah. And I told Chubbs, I said, dude, get off the phone. This guy's not going to buy. Because I'm not lying to you. He told Chubbs multiple times, I'm not buying today. Yeah. And and up until this point, I, I broke a belief on that call. Mm-hmm. My belief was, is that after a buyer tells you, I am not going to buy, like literally says the words, I am not buying today, you weren't going to get him to buy. Yeah. I switched my belief. Yeah. <laughs> Christian made me a believer, man. He yeah. really did. Yeah, it was incredible call. That's yeah. what he did, though. He raised his certainty. He raised his certainty. He really did. He raised his yeah. certainty. That's amazing. That's amazing. 
Uh, before we wrap it up here, Rich, do you have any final thoughts that maybe, you know, you want to share or chat about with, with our listeners today? Um, wow. I mean, man, there's so many things. Give me, give me a, give me a direction with it. Like, is there, I guess, is there anything you want to leave people with? Right. Um, as far as, yeah, you know, well, tangible, what, maybe actions or steps that they can take yeah. to either get into the space, right. If, if the listeners like, Hey, I'm new to this, I really want to do this. Or yeah. again, if it's someone that's maybe got some experience, but they're really looking to surround themselves and put themselves in a better situation than they already are and, yeah. and develop those skill sets. Well, this is what I'll say. I mean, cause you know, obviously we're a sales podcast and for a lot of viewers out there, you might be kind of sitting on the fence of like, Hey, I'm in a nine to five that I don't like. Yeah. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm trying to look for a better way to make money. I'm trying to, you know, up my game in sales. And so what I'll say is this, in my opinion, remote selling sales in general is like the greatest profession there is in my opinion, because I've seen the power of it in not only my life, but in dozens of lives, my sisters, cousins came in, no experience, right? Mike Christian told us the other day, no experience. First month, $12,000 paycheck, right? Uh, for me, I was making $2,600. My first paycheck as a salesperson was $4,800. The second month was $9,800. The third month was $11,200. So that means in three months, I almost 5X my income. Man. And so it's hard to do that with almost anything else. Look, you can go and build a business. You can go do this. But the reality is, is building a business takes so many freaking skill sets it's, it's, it's a long road, right? If you're going to build a business, give it five years. I yeah. think that's what it really is going to take about five years. And so what I'll say is this, we, you know, we have the school community, we have the closers network and the crazy thing about the closers network, Mike, is that you already know this. It gives more value than almost every paid program out there. hundred percent. We go live five days a week, five inside days the a week. in the group. We have uh, uh, coaching calls. We have uh, courses. We have our framework scripts. I mean, everything that you would literally need to start getting into sales now and then take advantage of the remote closing opportunity because we already talked about it. Well, we haven't talked about it in this podcast, but the e-learning space is over $400 billion. It's mm -hmm. growing at 25% year over year right now, which means that it's not slowing down anytime. It's going to be the next trillion dollar industry by 2032 is what experts you know mm -hmm. suspect. And so what that means is there's just massive opportunity in the closing space. More people are coming out with courses and products, things online to sell. They need closers, right? Right. And when you can do this gig from anywhere in the world, you can sit on your laptop, take a Zoom call from Bali, Jamaica, Thailand, Wherever. make money. It doesn't freaking matter, man. So the time to get started is now. So I would just recommend anybody listening to this, if you want to get break free from what you're doing now, have more freedom, more financial stability, get into remote sales, don't delay, and then get into the closers network because we'll help them. We'll ramp them up fast, give them the tools and resources, and then they're off to the races. You guys, get in the school network if you're not already. And listen, once you guys get in the school network, definitely make a post introducing yourself in there. We wanna give you a warm welcome. At the same time, if you have questions for the next podcast, whether it's Rich or any of our other future guests, I'd love for you guys to submit, what questions should we ask our next guests on the Closers Network podcast here? Yeah. Uh, but that being said, guys, um, and also one thing I want to mention is if you haven't heard Christian's episode, highly recommend if you want to hear the story about that, uh, oh, the one we just talked about, definitely go check out Christian's podcast. I think it was three or four. Um, but that being said, Rich, man, thank you so much for the time today, man. Thanks thank for making guys. it in the studio, thank man. You guys. Really appreciate you guys like share, subscribe, and please 
Do yourself a favor. Do your friends a favor. Yep. Tell them about the school network. Get in there and let's make some impact together, guys. Look forward to seeing you in there on my Wednesday call, 10 a.m. Pacific time.